0: I'm Katrina Craigwell and I'm Annalise Campbell. And on this week's episode of Am I Mute? This is a special Father's Day special with my dad, Bernard Campbell, which is really exciting. We had Katrina's mom on for Mother's Day, which was incredible. And so now we're going to be chatting with my dad about his experiences, his journey, what that looks like. I'm a little biased. I'm a daddy's girl. Like my mom used to say that my dad worked a lot. He would come home late from work and she would say that maybe when I was like four or five, she'd put me to bed and then I'd be sitting at the door being like, no, I have to wait till my dad comes home. Like I need to see him. I need to get tucked in. Like, thank you for trying to put me to bed, but unfortunately I'm going to wait for him. (laughs) Um, And so I grew up watching that. I grew up very keenly aware of my dad's work ethic and the level of commitment and effort he was putting into his career. And I think learning more about his journey, his experiences is really important. But I also think we're holding space for everyone because Father's Day looks different for everyone. And so whoever that father figure might be in your life, whoever you look to, uh, I think it's just really important to celebrate them, love on them, take the time to hear more about their life and their journey. I think it's easy when we have parental figures or people that are in our life for a long time, like we forget they have their own lives. I'm sure Katrina, your son, one day will be like, Mom, what were you doing? Like, he'll probably listen to this podcast and be like, wow, I didn't know all this about you.
1: <laughs> That's right. I wasn't just playing trains with you. But that was usually the best part of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's so important to remember that. So without further ado... This week, we're talking to Bernard Campbell. Bernard Campbell is a seasoned professional in the field of enterprise networking with a wealth of experience spanning over three decades, currently serving as the vice president of enterprise networking at Morgan Stanley, a position he's held for nine and a half years. He's played an integral role in the success of the organization. Prior to joining Morgan Stanley, Bernard spent 20 years at UBS, where he was a crucial member of the network engineering team. During his tenure at UBS, Bernard demonstrated his leadership skills and expertise by designing and implementing network infrastructures that supported the company's global operations. Born in Trinidad and raised in Grenada, Bernard migrated to New York City in 1979 and quickly established himself as a dedicated, highly skilled IT professional. Throughout his career, he's been recognized for his exceptional technical ability, strategic vision, and ability to build strong relationships. In addition to his impressive career bernard is a proud father of four a devoted family man he remains actively involved in his community is an avid jazz lover and is committed to giving back through philanthropic efforts welcome bernard we're sitting here with my dad who you guys can't see but is my actual twin we look pretty much the same i'm like him with hair (laughs) but it's really really special to talk to him especially for this father's day so I'm going to call you Dad, because that's just appropriate. So Dad, can you tell us a little bit about your career and your career journey? Sure.
2: I came to New York after completing high school in Grenada, a small island in the Caribbean. Studied electronics. I'm dating myself here, but back then there was no internet or PCs or, or Wi-Fi or the world as we know it today. My first job was working for an office supply company. Back then, Office Automation was really electric typewriters. So the company that was still their big product selling IBM typewriters. But they started getting into things like fax machines were coming out into the, the marketplace. And then soon after PCs came about, that's where I started working on uh, some of the early versions of PCs and things like announcing machines that the movie houses would record their playlist what's showing and what time somebody would sit down and pop a tape in and tape the whole thing for the whole for the week. I did that for a few years and I got into the market data business. So, I worked for a company that provided quotes to Wall Street firms, quotes and news and worked in that industry for a few years. My main client was a big Wall Street house and that's why I spent all my time because I was dedicated to this account. Eventually, they hired me. So I ended up working in the financial industry. I spent 20 years at my first gig and then um, left and went to another shop and I'm there for almost 10 years now and um, still enjoying it it's still a challenge but life is a challenge so it's it's what you make it
1: when you talk about automation the age of the electric typewriter and I'm sure every time we see one of these technological advancements we're both inspired and worried and so if I think from back then all the way to today and it's like, what are we going to do about AI? And we're excited about AI. You've obviously seen a lot of these moments happen and we're all still standing. So what advice do you have for people who are every 20 years, every 10 years, every five years, it seems like an accelerated pace, looking at a new technology and wondering what it means and how to deal with it?
2: I have thought about AI. I look at particularly the younger folks, including my own kids. It must be tough picking a career because... Early part of my career, you know, stenographers were a big deal, right? Well, everybody knows what happens to stenographers, right? There's the equivalent of that today, right? The technology is gone or the process has been replaced by AI or something along those lines. I don't envy anyone starting a career or choosing a career because 10, 15 years, you could be totally obsolete. And, you know, you have to pivot or do something else we do use some ai at work most of the times things go well sometimes something is missed and it does what you didn't expect it to do you learn and you move on
0: yeah i love that i had the pleasure of growing up as your daughter while you were going through what i would consider a fairly impressive career so i'm going to brag on you for a little bit but katrina when i was younger My dad worked a lot. He worked a ton. Sometimes stuff would come in the mail and it would be like, congratulations, thanks so much for all your hard work. Here's like a bonus, whatever. One time they sent you like a Tiffany gift card. And I was like, oh my God, we're rich. Like we are, we're loaded. And, (laughs) but I just remember like little anecdotes of, my dad constantly being rewarded for his hard work and like his effort and the way he showed up at work. So dad, I want to ask you, you know, you grew up in Grenada in a small island in the Caribbean. You came to New York for the first time when you were 19 and just like set up shop and life here. So how do you think that experience really impacted your career being a first generation immigrant, all of those things? Like, how do you think that impacted you and, and your career?
2: Growing up in the Caribbean, one thing you... Well, not only the Caribbean, in most third world or smaller countries, you have to think outside of the box. You have to be creative because there just isn't all of the facilities that you would find in New York, for example. If you needed a washer for the faucet, you know, there was probably one place that sold washers, and they probably only had two, right? And if... You couldn't find one for your faucet. You probably had to adapt or make it fit somehow. I think that spurred a lot of creativity in the way I look at things and the way I tackle problems. My grandfather was a carpenter. That's what he started doing. And he built a sawmill and went into business on his own. I spent a lot of time around him growing up. He was always into something new, you know, he started a chicken farm and then uh, he started a cocoa farm and he built a ship, never built a ship, designed it, built it himself. And... It's actually still floating as a as a restaurant somewhere in South America.
0: Okay, that's incredible. And it worked for everyone wondering. It worked? It floated?
2: <laughs> if anybody's been to Barbados and took a Jolly Roger ride around Barbados, it's like a day trip. He sold that boat to the Jolly Roger company and it was the first Jolly Roger in Barbados. Eventually, they moved it to another island because they needed a big one in Barbados. So he designed it and... Uh, it turned out to be, you know, one of the best sch- schooners in the Caribbean and it's time. And as I said, it's still floating somewhere. I just learned a lot from him because his he was always into something different and he allowed us to explore and just tinker with things. And the way he approached problems, I, I just found it fascinating and, and sort of took a lot from that.
0: That makes sense. Now your job is solving problems. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I consider myself a good problem solver. I, I think if I say something I'm good at, I think I'm a good problem solver. For that reason, you have to be creative and, and think out of the box. I think that's been very helpful to me in my career. I can look at a problem and, and analyze it and size it up and figure what to do next. Some people ask me, well, can you write a knowledge web? This to do?" And I say, well, you know, it's not it just came to me, right? I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't go through the step the logic steps to get there, but it just came to me.
0: I think it's important that you mention that yeah because I think the path for success today looks very different. even as we talk to our guests, like we've had guests who've been on here and said how I got here is not the rubric on how someone else will get there today, right And I think for you in particular, you were a first generation immigrant, you didn't go to college, you went to technical school. And now you're a VP at one of the largest banks in the world. And that path, I would not, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't describe it as linear (laughs) and I would describe it as incredibly impressive. So, you know, what, what advice would you give to those people who may not have a clear-cut path defined for themselves on how they want to get somewhere? Like, how did you keep yourself encouraged? How did you keep yourself exploring? What What advice would you give to people who are like, I don't know how I'm going to be the CEO or CMO or whatever, but but I want to try.
2: I was always inquisitive, right? And if you have a desire to learn, it can take you anywhere. You know, it's funny, my mom used to say that I was so inquisitive that I would want to see what's inside an ant's stomach. (laughs) 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 That's how she described me at times, my sense of just being so inquisitive. You know, I've learned a lot just studying, just finding books to read. Now the internet has so much more. I'm self-taught in lots of ways. I didn't go to college or study networking, but I to classes. Learn a lot, just on my own. Find something you like, learn as much as you can about it, and um, it'll pay off.
1: You're speaking to this already, and, and one of the things that we wanted to ask you is, you know, what you think has had the biggest impact on your work ethic and why? And it's coming through kind of from the beginning, but is there anything else that you would point to that inspires you?
2: I always give it my best. I never look at the reward. My reward is, is self-driven, okay? So if I do something and I know I did it to the best of my abilities, I feel good about it. I'm not doing anything for reward, per se. So that's how I look at it. Give it your best. You know, don't always expect a reward because it may disappoint you. But if your reward is self-driven, you wouldn't disappoint yourself. That's, that's why I tend to look
1: at things. That was great. And I feel like now it's such a, you know, it's a complicated time and it feels like it's hard to keep up and hard to get where you need to go. And it's such an important reminder to kind of try and like reground yourself and the satisfaction for the work you do has to come from within you too. That's incredibly valuable and the pride that you can take in the work that you're doing while, you know, some of the maybe more external rewards will come, won't come, or may come in a way that you didn't expect, but you should feel good about what you're doing all the way through. I love that.
0: (laughs) Dad, you've mentioned during this episode, you've mentioned your grandfather, you've mentioned your mom, you've you mentioned, you know, how your upbringing has had just a profound impact on you. And as I hear you talk about the behaviors that you modeled for us, I think, and I've talked about this on this podcast, you've had an incredible work ethic, one that I think is It takes my breath away oftentimes when I think about how hard I saw you work, but also how little I heard you complain. And so I guess one of the things I want to ask you is, you know, what work ethic do you feel like was modeled for you? I got to see my grandparents in a very different light than you would have seen them as mom and dad. So what do you think they modeled for you that really helped you be the person that you are today and show up and be so successful, especially at work? What do you think they modeled for you? My parents
2: were always hardworking. My dad, he was always doing something. I, I mean, not only my parents, but from my grandparents as well. They, they were very industrious and creative. You know, my grandfather as a young man went to Aruba. That's where way he started his career. But he had the ambition and the drive to leave his family, his wife and his kids for a few years because he expired to do Bigger things, so yes, it was a sacrifice, but he did it. Uh, I'm sure it paid off in in the, later on. So I saw their work ethic and their effort from my parents as well. They were very hardworking folks, and so yeah, it rolled onto me somehow.
0: <laughs> okay, Dad, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received?
2: Be honest in dealing with people. I've always been true to my word. I would not beat around the wrong bush. I think honesty is the best policy. It's worked for me.
0: Nice, short, and sweet. So thank you for that. What I will say, because I do believe this is the moment to give people their flowers, anyone that has known me or has worked with me knows who you are because you've had such a profound impact on the way I view work, the way I think about work. I hope listeners can understand why I feel so strongly about the future of work after hearing you speak, because some of the lessons I learned from you were around do things that you love. Like I I distinctly remember growing up, coming downstairs on like a Saturday morning and you have like printed out network maps and you're like going through it and trying to figure out how to solve a problem and you're really happy about it like you're excited you're not I never remember you ever complaining or being like oh this is such a drag or I hate what I do like I always remember you approaching it with such a level of curiosity and excitement and that is something that I am incredibly grateful for because I think it it shaped how I think about work, but also the workspace that I want to build for others and and how I want people to feel at work. So I'm eternally grateful to you for a million things, but for the context of this podcast, I thank you for just being such a positive example of of what work could and should look like and, and your commitment to making sure you modeled that behavior for all of us. So thank you. I love you. You're welcome. Love you too. Obviously, I'm biased. That's my dad. And I'm sure you can relate, Katrina, when you sit down and talk to your parent in this format. There are some takeaways when you hear your parent speak in not mom or dad way. That's really eye-opening. Like For me, hearing the people that had an impact on him and them all being entrepreneurs, like I never thought about that, right? And like my dad isn't an entrepreneur, but knowing that those are the people that impacted his work ethic, and that's what impacted my work ethic, and now I am an entrepreneur, like I almost feel as like cliche as it sounds, like it's running through my veins, right? Like that's that's how I feel after listening to this conversation. I think there's a lot of, I'm going to give my dad his flowers for this, but leaning into your background leaning into what has made you you and using that as a strength versus viewing it as a downfall because my dad could have very easily been like I didn't go to college I didn't have a great education I didn't go to a four-year university he could have easily that could have been the narrative like that could have been what he stuck with and who knows where he would have ended up right but he was like no I really love the work that I'm doing I'm super curious I have a penchant for learning so however I can get myself there is what I'll do and that ended up being one of the things that propelled him and translated the most to me, my siblings, the people around him, the people he managed. I don't want to get emotional, but that is something that is just, I'm I'm really, really sitting with and I think is so, so important. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I'll have this episode to cherish forever.
1: It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when we get to kind of tune into the things that made us who we are in a wonderful way and, yeah, your dad may not have been an entrepreneur, but he was certainly entrepreneurial when you hear, listen to the stories. And certainly that's kind of passed down to you and your sisters in many different ways. You know, I love the moment when you talked about uh, needing to fix something and if there was only one part or two parts. You only have what you have and then you need to figure it out. And I think in our work environments, certainly here in the US, in many cases, there's a lot of abundance and we kind of expect abundance, right? My budget should be bigger. My team should be bigger that's not the only way that the world works. And when I was at GE, Linda, the CMO there, Linda Boff used to talk about the opportunity of scarcity and that creates creativity and opportunities for creativity. And so it was clear with listening to your father that that was innate and such an amazing skill to have built over time.
0: Listening to my dad and even just talking through the episode, just stay curious. Like now I know my grandma used to tell him that he would want to know what's inside an ant's stomach if he could and find whatever that is for yourself right like whatever gives you that insatiable quest to get more information try to bring that to your life to your workplace to your every day whatever that might look like because I do think and my dad didn't talk about this but he has a lot of other interests like he plays the piano he loves jazz he works on his cars he does all of these things that no matter what even if he might be having a regular day at the office it's Quenching what I consider his thirst for knowledge and challenging himself and doing things differently, and so don't don't lose that. Bernard's about to retire. Hopefully, I'm knocking on wood as I say that because we're all like waiting for him. He's like, no, I'm okay. (laughs) But I can't wait to see what he does with that free time. Like, what other interests and things will he explore? Because I think that's important, and it's important not to lose sight of that as we build careers and have families and raise children and all of those things. So dad thank you so much i love you and it was so great to have you on this episode
1: well happy father's day to bernard happy father's day to everyone out there As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're enjoying it, feel free to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, feedback, please be sure to reach out to us at miammute at gmail.com. We've been appreciating all of the wonderful feedback, suggestions, topics that we've been receiving from you all, and we really appreciate it. So stay tuned for next week's episode.